you name it. We're on uh, 92 FM tonight. It feels like a nice, clean little band. No one else using it. Price is right. I like the idea that a voice can just go somewhere. Uninvited. Dirty thoughts and nice, clean minds. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. You care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? Mike Lindell and due to your incredible support, the original My Slippers are almost completely sold out. As a special thank you, I am launching my brand new all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so go to mypillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get all my new footwear for as low as $29.98. My all-season slippers are made with my exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. They're finished with a breathable fabric so you can wear them all year round. And my new slides and sandals are made with patented impact gel, making them ultra comfortable and extremely durable. I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable footwear you'll ever own. So go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen now to get your very own all-season slippers, slides, and sandals for as low as $29.98 with your promo code. This is an introductory offer, and it won't last long, so order now. Coming to you live from who knows where. I made it another day. Ugh, only with the help of my amazing wife, are we able to uh, figure out a way to get through this? Uh, it's good to see you guys out there today. Um, I have it's been a it's been a week, been a week, that is for sure. I appreciate you guys uh, hopping in today. So uh, what do I got? I have some interesting stuff to talk about. Probably, uh, I see Palladius first in the house over there on Fox. Old bitch Torius, good to see you out there. Uh, Vetmore, thanks for joining us. Knock my socks off. God bless you. <sighs> Miss y'all. Uh, late Abe to the woodshed after this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, it's nice to see. Nice to see you out there. United we stand. Space Cookie. Knock my socks off. Uh, October 7th through 9th in Florida, Magapalooza event is back on. Really? Message me for details. October 7th through 9th, a Magapalooza event. That's I'm looking forward to that. That will be fun for sure. Johnny B's good to see you out there. Keep true. What's good? Hope all is well. Uh, huh. Timber heart, timber jet, heart undies. Uh, no, it is a, uh, no, it was not, <laughs> but anyways, uh, thanks for the phone. Prayers for the mod. Chris Schaus took a hard fall today. Did you Chris? I am. I'm running late here today, guys. So give me a second to get my stuff going here. 
I don't I don't have any of my stuff set up. Uh, give me just give me a couple seconds here. Uh, I got a prayer I need to start off the show with. I have um, some interesting whistleblower stuff coming out that is seeming like it's trying to to counter. They're fi- they're trying to find a way to mess with the truth here. I think or something. I don't know, man. I don't know what's going on, dude. <laughs> Black Hat Destroyers in the house. Thanks for the five bits three days ago. Appreciate it. Um, hold on. Just give me one sec here to fix fix my uh, my chats. Chris, are you okay? Catco cooking some red snapper? Gotcha, gotcha. Sounds delicious. Chris, uh, let me know if, how you're doing out there today. Deplora Laura, I was wondering what happened. I was just... Uh, the weeds outside my house are a disaster. And I have been trying for a long time to get, um, to get to it, but it's been, a, you know, as you guys know, there's been a lot going on. So, yeah. Um, so, but now I had a chance today to finally just get out of the house and um, take care of the yard that is a giant mess. So I still got some work to do on that. The st- I was hoping the storms would come and white wash away all the sidewalk for me, so I don't have to. I don't have to clean it up, but, but, um, yeah, so we'll see if we can get, uh, maybe a little rain today or something to, to help clean up the, the yard. And then, um, yeah, back to some more reality tomorrow and the next day. So that'll be fun. Um, message to all reset will not occur until Pam is operational again. ETA between five and six Eastern is best guess. Um, mass medical bankruptcy and collapse coming, huh? There's a lot of um, interesting things being told out there to people. You guys, you guys hanging in there out there? Tell me how you guys are doing. I'm gonna need you guys to help me get through today. So, um, tell me how y'all are doing out there, Chris. Uh, I fell today in the parking lot at the gym, and all of a sudden I'm in pain. Luckily, I did not hit my head, but the whole left side below my hip and my knee is in pain. Luckily, also did not hit my hip. Chris, let me know if you're okay out there, please. Uh, you can have some of our rain. Um, hmm. uh. So anyways, um, another day in the life. <laughs> Greg, Greg's comments of everything is an info op is, um, is just... Staying with me. Can I say a prayer with you guys today? We just start off with a prayer. And uh, um, if you want, um, I got I got a couple things I need to show you guys. Um, there is, where did that go? Complete collection of data. Greg dropped this, a complete collection of data science projects. Part two, the second part of the list is machine learning, deep learning, computer vision, Natural language processing, data engineering, and uh, ML ops. Hmm. Complete collection of data science projects, part two. Huh. So that's interesting. What else you got out there, Greg? Um, you feel okay? I'm glad you feel okay. 
75 days until election day, November 8th, 2022, they say, huh? 28 days until early voting. Some states, September 23rd, 2022. Their methods of cheating are defeated with overwhelmingly high and high early and election day votes. Their methods of cheating are defeated with overwhelmingly high early and election day votes. 75 days till election day, November 8th, 2022. 28 days till early voting. Some states, September 23rd, 2022. So keep an eye out on your voting. And um, hopefully we can get uh, some people in D.C. who want to uh, help us. That'd be great. Do we need to change it before 2024? Yes. But the rules in place are now the ones we must deal with in 2022. A lot of Patriot groups with eyes on even more prepared to act on contingency plans. We won't lose. So get out there and vote. Overwhelm the steel Patriot games. All right. So that's good. And then he's got um complete collection of data sciences part two, complete collections of data sciences part one. So that's interesting. I'll check those two out. Um, we have an Ashley Biden diary re- re- reveal um, with child sex drama, drug abuse, resentment for Joe, the whistleblower. Um, so that's out there. And again, I just, <laughs> we all, I'm pretty sure we all have demons in our closets um, on a world that is demonic. Open jurist, United States versus Koistra. That was interesting. I wanted to kind of dig into that. And then I have uh, FactBit is a new free open source and altruistic platform uh, mean meant to crowdfund incentives for whistleblowers and to step forward and either prove or disprove different theories of reality. FactBit is an anti-conspiracy theory. Either they have been lying to us or they haven't. FactBit allows us, allows the public to think of questions they want answered with regards to COVID, lab leaks, censorship, Benghazi, corruption, etc., and crowdfund incentives for whistleblowers to step forward. Until now, we've had to hope that whistleblowers would step up to do the right thing on their own, knowing their lives would be financially ruined. Now, we can make it worth their while to do the right thing. I got that up there and then some fact bit stuff about the COVID and HIV lab leak cover ups. Um, so these two, I'm probably going to use the show to play today and see how that goes. Um, I'll be interested to see how they use, how it's manipulated um, the information. So um, if you can do me a favor, help share the stream today tell them to come hang out and um we're going to try to get through this uh, together, guys. So um, without further ado, let me, uh, with a prayer for you all and for me, please, I need uh, some extra support today. Styly Girl, Denise is in the house. Take a look at, listen to uh, this UK funny. Um, let's see. What else do we have here? Hey, Denise, where are you at? Are you out there across the pond? <laughs> uh Glenn, what's good, man? Good to see you. All right, let's let's do prayers and then I'll say hellos and and the rest, shall we? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Think of this. The the page of this book that I opened to after after coming in and having to say a prayer and the page that I opened the book to is Solomon receives the Queen of Sheba. But the address is 1 Kings 8, 
And next to it, it, it says 950 BC. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the fathers, houses, the leaders of the fathers' houses of the people of Israel before King Solomon in Jerusalem to bring up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled to King Solomon at the feast in the month of Athenium, which is the seventh month. And all of the elders of Israel came, and the priest took up the ark. And they brought up the ark, and they brought up the ark of the Lord, the tent of meeting, and all the holy vessels that were in the tent. The priest and the levities brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before him were with him before the ark. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who had assembled before them were with him before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priest, then the priest brought the ark of the covenant to the Lord to its place in the inner sanctuary of the house, in the most holy place, underneath the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread out their wings over the place of the ark, so that the cherubim made a covering above the ark and its poles. And the poles were so long that the ends of the poles were seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary but they could not be seen from the outside. And they are to this day. There was nothing in the ark except for the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Horeb. I, I can't, I'm not sure how to say that. Where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel. Harib. There was nothing in the ark except the two tables of stone which Moses put there at Chareb, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel, and they came out of the land of Egypt. And when the priest came out of the holy place, a cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon said, The Lord has set the sun in the heavens, but he has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. I have built thee an exalted house, a place for thee to dwell in forever. Jesus' name we pray. All right, guys.
I hope you are okay today. I am. I'm okay today. <laughs> I'm okay. I am. And the good thing is, is that we will be okay too. Because Magapalooza is on, baby. All right. Um, let's see what this does, huh? Let's see what happens here. I was dropped this, uh, this link to my phone. Uh, I have not looked at it yet. I don't know what's going to happen when I do this. So I guess we see, huh? <laughs> Where this takes us. Um, and so I know that you guys are all out there ready to roll and I'm, I'm going to do what I can to get this information out there. I don't know how long these are. Um, let's start with this one here. Uh, we got about a 10 minute video for you and now I'm glad that it, it, you dropped it some and then about a 35 minute video. So let's, let's look at these videos. Let's see what they, what they brings us and remember Everything is an info op and we don't know what is real anymore. As we talked about with Zach earlier today, uh, we don't know. We, we know that our worlds have been manipulated and our minds and our, and everything around us has been manipulated. At least many of us. And we talk about the stuff that happened earlier today with Zach. It was very important. Um, and so, you know, the conversation I had with Ivan Ranklin, the, the, <laughs> all of these things that are happening are going to be interesting to see how they play themselves out here moving forward. So without further ado, let me get the first one out there incentivize the truth. Um, there is a lot of people who probably have no idea what in the world is going on. Seraphin Seraphin. Gotcha. So, um, and uh, me included, <laughs> so just keep that in mind. All right. None of us has a freaking clue. We are all, this is, we are all in God's hands. And, um, so let us hope that, um, that God is guiding us. And I know God is guiding me and I hear about the MTG being swatted again last night. Um, she did not approach the door with an AR-15 as usual. She could have been killed, which was the fake 911 caller wanted. It's very interesting. Um, so prayers up for MTG. Uh, Majority Taylor Green has been a fighter in this for a long time. And um, I think there's a lot of things that are happening to us that, um, that we just quite, can't quite put together. But in the end, it's healing me. It's healing us. So I have that. I also have a complainant from Jenny Beth Martin, the CEO of Tea Party Patriots Action Group. As you guys know, I was one of the very originals uh, with regards to that, and I think that probably has a lot to say about things that have been happening. Um, they filed a, a complaint of judicial misconduct um, and a complaint of disability to submit the appropriate clerks. Do not put the name on the judge on that envelope. Um so do not put the name of any judge on the envelope. This complaint is the behavior of judges in the particular lawsuits. It's filed in the U S district court of Southern district of Florida. Um, and, uh, it is a, a complaint of judicial misconduct or disability. The brief statement of facts attaches a brief statement of the specific facts 
on which the claim of judicial misconduct or disability is based. Include, include what happened, when, where it happened, and any information that would help an investigator check the facts. If the complaint alleges judicial disability, also include any additional facts that form the basis of that allegation. I declare under perjury that the statement made in this complaint are true and correct to the best of my knowledge. It's the complaint filed against Bruce E. Reinhardt for unethical and prejudicial conduct in the matter related to the above reference case, wherein Judge Reinhardt, a magistrate of the Federal U.S. District Court of the Southern District of Florida, signed a search warrant for an unprecedented search of a home and premises of former United States President Donald J. Trump, wherein Judge Reinhardt has a conflict of interest in a pattern and history of hostility towards President Trump, which is supported by the, uh, by the following undisputed facts. Judge Reinhardt has publicly de- denigrated President Donald Trump in social media posts, including this statement on his personal Facebook page in 2016 after President Trump had been elected president, but before taking office. Thank you, Robert Reich. For saying what many of us feel, John Lewis is the conscience of America. Donald Trump doesn't have the moral stature to kiss John Lewis's feet. Reinhardt added, or as Judge Welch to Joseph McCarthy, as long at, at, at long last, have you left no sense of decency? Exhibit one is a judge who approved an FBI raid. And, and it is the link from the Daily Wire post. Exhibit two is a screenshot of a Facebook post from Exhibit one, the Daily Wire report, uh, which can be found easily. In June 2022, Judge Reinhardt recused himself from a lawsuit involving President Trump and his suit against Hillary Clinton, citing a conflict of interest. The case involves litigation by President Trump against Hillary Clinton related to the false accusations against former President by Clinton and prominent Democrats in the Russia collusion hoax. Yet six weeks after that recusal, Judge Reinhardt signed a warrant authorizing the FBI's search of President Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate. Daily Mail article, Trump's attorney wants to know Judge Reinhardt recused Clinton. And then a exhibit four is a just the news post of Judge Reinhardt's recusal statement. Huh. I some of this stuff. I, the reason why I was late is because I got some of this. I was out working in the yard and I got some of this stuff late. So, um, before I went, wanted to um, get this out to you. I wanted you to see it. So this is case 2.22 CV 14102DMM, document 186, entered in the Florida SD docket 62222. Interesting. U.S. State District Court of Southern District of Florida, case number 22-14102, Civ Middlebrooks. Donald Trump plaintiff versus Hillary Clinton defendants. Notice of recusal. The, the The undersigned magistrate judge to whom the above style of the cause has been assigned hereby recuses himself and refers the case to the circuit, the clerk of the court for reassignment pursuant to 28 USC 455 dated at West Palm beach, Florida on this 22 day of June, 22nd day of June, 2022 signed Bruce Reinhardt. 
in accordance with the local rules for the Southern District of Florida, providing for the random and equal allotment of cases, this cause will be reassigned to a magistrate judge, William Matthewman. And that is typed in there, um, interestingly. Uh, copies of this notice shall be served on all pending parties of the record by the United States mail. Uh, all documents for filing this case shall carry the following case number and designation 22.22.cv.1402.dmm slash 1402 wm By order of this court, 22nd day of June, 2022, Angela Noble, city clerk of the court, and it is signed by... Um, John M. DeTulo, DeTuello, DeTuello. Angela Novo, oh, clerk of the court by the deputy clerk. Okay. So there's that. Um, let me look a little more into this here. Okay, so we got that. We got two, three, four, right? Exhibit five. So, all right, we got to the tiny, the, the just news Reinhardt notice recusal article. Um, let me get that. So that's up there. All right. Judge Reinhardt has a history of ethical issues. The most noteworthy being his resignation from the U S attorney's office in Miami on January 1st, 2008. And the very next day, representing as counsel for employees of the late Jeffrey Epstein, who was under investigation by the same prosecutor's office at the time Reinhardt's employment and departure. An ethics complaint and lawsuit was filed against Jens Reinhardt for his unethical conduct. Former colleagues at the U.S. Attorney's Office stated that their belief that Judge Reinhardt was privy to confidential information regarding the prosecution's case against Epstein New York Post article judge who approved FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago once linked to Jeffrey Epstein, as we have already seen that out there. <laughs> judge Reinhardt is a Democrat who has given financial contributions to former Democrat President Barack Obama and to former Florida Governor Jeb Bush when he was a candidate running against Donald Trump in in for president in 2015 exhibit six national post report judge behind Mar-a-Lago raid is Epstein linked Obama donor. Clearly judge Reinhardt is a partisan and has publicly expressed his partisan views against former president Trump. His antipathy for the former president is such that he should have recused when presented with the search warrant for a highly problematic, problematic search of President Trump's home in Florida. Judge Reinhardt should be dis disciplined and removed as a federal magistrate because of his failure to meet the standards of ethical conduct and character necessary for the public to have confidence in a nonpartisan role of a judge in a manner of this extreme public interest. The entire episode of the unprecedented search of the former president's home authorized by a political appointee of President Trump's successor and approved by a federal magistrate who has been outspoken in his opposition to the loathing of President Trump threatens the principle of equal justice under the law and the confidence of the American people in an unbiased judiciary. 
and the articles are attached, as you can see. August 9th, 2022, as you guys know, you're well aware of all of this, but um, I just want to let you know that this is just one of many examples. So just so you're aware of that, that, um, you know, there is several out there that, uh, that are interesting. So uh, let's see. And there's the recusal and others. So um, just so, you know, Jenny Beth um, has gotten a lot of flack on her part for for uh, a lot, but um, she was able to uh, get some stuff done in D.C. So um, let's see where that goes, all right? Um, let, me, uh, let me get that link out there to you guys and let me know what you all think about that. Switch rod donor turn some of the national September 10th, 2020, National Archives labeled Constitution Bill of Rights, Declaration of Independence, harmful content. The National Archives on September 10th did that? Are you serious? <laughs> I just so happen to have a Constitution sitting right here. What would you like to read? What would you like to hear? I also happen to have a Wisconsin constitution sitting right here. If you'd like to talk about that some more. All right. So there's that. Um, let me uh, check in with you guys here and see how y'all are doing out there. And then we'll get to this stuff. I, again, who knows what the hell, what the hell is being sent to me. So I trust uh, the source as far as I know. Um, and I am going to do what I can to, uh, to help them out. All right. So let's see. Good afternoon, Joe Patriots. I agree with that, Sam, that they need to step up or God will judge them. <laughs> well, we'll see. All right. Uh, Twitch, let me get the, I can't see you guys over here in Twitch. Hold on one sec. Hey, I can read. What's up, Kawasaki Kid? Chris, you doing okay? Brian, uh, Brian, what's good? Susan Groves, Dr. J. Blazer, UK Patriot in the house, the Kawasaki Kid, and many others. Let's see. Let me just check in with you guys over here. I haven't had a chance to say it comfortably long. I hope all is well. Keep me up, Buttercup. Hope all is well. And many others out there listening and lurking. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for the resub. I appreciate that, Brian. And T-Rex, thank you for the resub as well. Uh, amen. Things are definitely coming in hot and fast. Uh, happy to be here, sir. Roger that. Uh, thank you for um, thank you for all the support and prayers from you guys out there. You guys, God bless you. Uh, everyone over there on Rumble, several lurkers out there and lurking and listening and lots of good people out there hanging out as well. Thanks for being here today, guys. And uh, hopefully we can all find a way to get through this together. National Archives, our friend. <laughs> I don't, I'm thinking probably not if they are uh, saying that that's harmful content. <laughs> Who runs the National Archives? Boy, that dig will blow your mind if you haven't done that one yet. <laughs> Check that one out when you, got, you guys get time. Um, Fourth Amendment is search and seizure, isn't it? I believe so. Yes. Yes, I believe so. I believe the Fourth Amendment is definitely that for sure. Pterodactyl, God bless you back. Len, thanks for being here today. Vader, I appreciate you guys. Let me say some thank yous to you guys, and then we'll get this whistleblower stuff out there. Uh, let's see. Vader, switch rod. 
Great po- great show with Ripple78. Thank you, Classical Chick. Thank you for being here today. Vetmore, a prayer cookie. Thank you. I need that. Uh, Trick Trick Pony. Warrior Mima. thank you for the ship. Sending hugs and love my way. Thank you. I appreciate that. You and Zach lifted my spirits today. I, look, we just give you the best we can do, man. And none of us really know how this is going to play itself out. Um, you know, this, that's part of the game. And the game will continue to be played until it's necessary. Um, and uh, we just have to remember to not live in fear. There is no reason to live in fear. That's all we have to know. And, and um, stay, you know, that's all I can, that's all I can do. I can just, as far as what I do, I just can't live in fear. Uh, some of you out there are probably looking at me like, how are you not living in fear? Well, who knows? <laughs> Sasquatch in the house. Cookie insight is appreciated. I appreciate it. Thank you for the cookies out there. Sean Joe is good to see you out there as well. And all right, so without further ado, allow me to introduce. So I I've, I usually never do this right as I'm going live. I usually look at this stuff first. So um, should be all ready to roll, and let's just get it done, huh? Let's check this out. What do we have? We'll check it out together, and we'll see what happens. Again, from a trusted source to my phone. Let's see what happens. Standby one, that is not going to work. <laughs> I can barely hear it. I know. Well, let's see. Let me see here. Let's try that. Source software project fact bid. All right, standby. Hold on. Let me boost this up so you guys can hear it better. All right, let's see. Factbig, factbid.org. Uh, let me pull up this site right here real quick. See what happens here. What is Factbig? Factbid is an unbiased truth-finding platform to uncover any type of fact that requires a whistleblower. It is a forum to pledge to support whistleblowers and fact finders. Sign up with an email. For each Factbid, you can offer a bid or a pledge. It's an honor system. If you want a potential whistleblower to know you're real, reference Factbid in your social media profile and include a link to the post. Then type your username and bid and have a verified link that points to your social media post. Whistleblowers can come forward to claim a fact bid and provide their donation instructions, which will be forwarded to your email so you can make a direct donation. That's it. Factbid is a free and purely non-commercial. I developed this forum to learn the truth about my COVID-vax nightmare. Here's my story. Okay, my COVID story and intro to Factbid. My name is Aaron. I want to introduce my newest open source software project, FactBid. It's a <laughs> Okay.
It's an altruistic, non-commercial, free truth-finding forum to pledge to support whistleblowers. No ads, no tracking, no catch. I started this because my quest to learn what was behind my COVID vaccine nightmare just led me to conspiracy theories. But I want the facts that only whistleblowers can provide. I'm hoping FactBid can offer a cure for conspiracy theories. So here's the background. While living in Medellin, Colombia, I visited a client in the US where I had to get a COVID vaccine to enter the building due to a mandate. Vaccines were never on my radar. I got all mine without incident. The COVID vax was different because I was being forced to get it after recovering from severe COVID when I already had immunity and tons of antibodies against the real complete virus. But whatever, I got the jab in Miami, went to bed a few hours later. That night, I woke up having a seizure, shaking uncontrollably, unable to speak or move. The left side of my head felt like it was going to explode. I couldn't hear anything out of my left ear but a loud tone. I couldn't breathe because my left tonsil was swollen and blocking my windpipe, and the pain in my chest was excruciating. The nearest clinic said I had an extreme inflammation response, gave me anti-inflammatories, and did what every clinic does when someone comes in with chest pain, check my blood for the residual traces of damaged heart tissue. The cheap, easy, universal test done to see if someone just had a heart attack. It came back positive, so the doctor ordered an MRI, ECG, and more tests. I was paying that clinic out of pocket, so I waited to visit my Colombian health insurance company to approve the tests. That visit left my jaw on the floor. First, she said, my health insurance does not cover vaccine injury. I needed to get the US government to pay for the treatment, something I've since learned is impossible. She kindly said it was my own fault for agreeing to something so risky as getting the COVID vaccine after having COVID when my immune system was still in attack mode and that no doctor in Colombia would ever suggest that. I responded that I was forced to get the vaccine and couldn't believe she was so disinterested in this test result. I thought I was a one in a million case. But she calmly said, my case was nothing unusual. The insurance company already ran this blood test on people after they got the vaccine and found one in 200 had this biomarker of heart damage after the jab. I asked to see the study, but she said it was confidential, internal, and unpublished. I couldn't believe it, so at this point, I turned on my cell phone camera and started recording. The video is here, you can watch it. You can hear me complain, I was told that the vaccine was safe. And then after it left me with a lifelong disability with this tinnitus, the ringing in my ear, nobody will cover the cost of the treatment. And I'm being told I was so stupid for taking an experimental vaccine. Now, she then apologizes, but says that in their studies, 0.2% or one in 500 will be left with permanent hearing problems and there's no treatment. So, on the video, I'm then reading the clinical trials on my phone, which says nobody had this problem. She says that's not true, that it is a known side effect. Well, later I found that she was right. Participants in the clinical trial did experience tinnitus. Watch this testimony. In less than 12 hours, she developed severe abdominal pain, horrible nausea, painful electric shocks on her spine and neck. Her hands were ice cold when you touched them. She had chest pain, tachycardia that was actually 
seen on an EKG. She went to the ER nine times and was hospitalized three times for a total of 63 days. Maddie experienced over 35 adverse events. So why wasn't it reported? Everybody uses a trial app. The app only allows you to record solicited adverse events, typical expected reactions. That is it. There's no free form at all to fill in any other reaction that you have beyond the typical. Maybe that's why no cases were reported in the clinical trials. Then I searched for how many people showed this biomarker for heart damage after vaccination. Now that's definitive. It doesn't rely on self-reporting and cannot be faked. But I could not find any published studies. So with anti-vaxxers insisting the vaccine is causing heart damage, I could not understand why my little Colombian insurance company was the only one that thought to do this obvious cheap test for heart damage after vaccination. What shocked me even more was the CDC studies I did find, which were used as justification for forcing those of us who already had natural immunity to get the vaccine. Literally, according to the CDC's criteria for a good vaccine, a good vaccine is not one that provides high protection with few side effects. Rather, a good vaccine, by the CDC's definition, is one that sends people to the hospital for reasons other than COVID. No joke. Using the CDC's logic that side effects are good, raw sewage would actually make an excellent vaccine. In fact, even though sewage provides zero protection, using the CDC's formula, the more people were hospitalized, the bigger this number becomes. You think I'm exaggerating? Well, this fact bit is an anti-conspiracy theory because I'm putting my money where my mouth is and offering a reward for someone to actually read the CDC study and fact check me. If I'm wrong, this fact bit will have a claim status. If not, can't we agree to pledge to compensate a whistleblower for the legal costs they will show us what really was going on behind the scenes with these crazy studies? I mean, are these government scientists working on commission? Well, in another video, I'll tell you a fascinating story with evidence you can fact check. The investor who funded my last open source project was arguably the most influential political lobbyist and PR spin master of his time, representing US presidents and dozens of heads of state. I met him after a scandal when it was revealed that he literally started the first Gulf War on behalf of a client. We spent the better part of 10 years talking politics and past disinformation campaigns. While he lamented the unintended consequences of starting the Gulf War, what he most wished he could take back was convincing the American public that a health agency was studying and regulating a pharmaceutical when in fact, his PR team was writing the scientific studies and the scientists and officials were paid frontmen. He passed away several years ago, so I can't ask him for the inside scoop of what's going on with these COVID studies. But it seems it's not disputed that Fauci and others did receive $350 million in royalty payments for unspecified pharmaceuticals. Did that include the COVID vaccines, effectively making them commissioned salespeople? A judge ordered they release the data, but they redacted everything. So 
if a whistleblower risks it all to reveal what even a court order could not get them to uncover, will you join me in pledging to support them for their service? When I first launched VacBit, I dropped the vaccine angle to focus on the lab leak because I doubted people would believe that an unknown Colombian insurance company tested for these biomarkers after vaccination and found one in 200 tested positive for heart damage. That number was just too outrageous to be true. However, last week, a group in Thailand did publish this same study. I, I was alarmed, um, but by the high numbers and elevated biomarkers, which is the really definitive thing. The, the, these are substances released from damaged heart muscle, 2.33% uh, normal cardiac first line biomarker that we always look for if we suspect cardiac damage. Why is this the first prospective study? That's just a disgrace. Well, Dr. John, Google's revision history for this link proves that back in February, before the Thai study, I was writing about it. So it does seem studies were being done and the results withheld. I'm reviving the FactBid series on COVID vaccines and treatments to find out why. Everybody is welcome to participate in FactBid. Create new fact bids in these series or create new series to explore other topics. It's open source if you want to improve the platform. My only goal is to get the facts. My next video will show the evidence that my investor and I reviewed years ago, which is still lying in plain sight, showing that Fauci previously buried a much bigger and way more obvious lab leak and how if we keep ignoring this, we may one day face pandemics fabricated by those who make fortunes selling us the cure. Okay, so there's the first video. Um, uh, the next one is this. It's an altruistic, not... My name is Aaron. I want to introduce my new vaccine. A good vaccine is not one that provides high protection with few okay, side so effects. Okay, so that's the first one. The second one is this. This is about 35 minutes. And hopefully this will play out there for you guys, and then we'll uh, we'll talk about some stuff for the second hour as well. Thank you all for being here today, guys. I appreciate it very much. Um, and again, I think we've we've I've learned a lot from Dr. McCullough. Um, he seems to think that uh, there's a lot of them that are being ineffective. There's a, a mix of problems, um, and so I think if we can if we can really nail this down, uh, we can really get to the gist of the problem. And the only way that can happen is if people realize the plague that we have been under in this planet and can get this fixed because whatever this problem is here is something much bigger than we realize. So 3522, uh, the same two people ran the cover-up operations to hide potential lab leaks that led to two pandemics that ravaged the, the globe. HIV and COVID. This video outlines the who, what, where, why, how, and is asking for the public to incentivize whistleblowers to come forward with answers. So, all right. So let's uh, 35 minutes of your time, and uh, we'll once we get this done, uh, we'll see what else is going on out there. And I can we can open up the phone lines if you want. If you guys want to come hang out with me, we can do that too. Um, I'm kind of open today. Um, I got a lot of stuff to take care of uh, uh, personally and around the house here. So. Um, Let's give this a watch and let's see what uh, what's going on out here. I wondered if there's more to the story than what we hear in the news. 
Do you sometimes dismiss something just because it sounds too outrageous, but in the back of your mind, you wonder if it might be true? I've got a bold, a bit crazy solution. I built an unbiased truth-finding platform called FactBid. It crowdfunds rewards for whistleblowers to come forward with the hard evidence we need to make an informed decision based on facts. I want to try it out by blowing the lid off the theory that the worst pandemics of both this century and the last came from lab leaks. Dr. Warby is one of the main scientists now accused of using a straw man argument in this paper to try to sweep under the rug the idea that the coronavirus may have come from a Wuhan lab leak. The crazy part is even China's own CDC conceded the data Dr. Warby used does not disprove the lab leak theory. Another respected scientist, Dr. Bloom, said in this article he was attacked by Fauci's inner circle when he insisted the lab leak theory needed to be evaluated fairly. But did you remember that 20 years ago, the same Doctors Fauci and Warabi were in the middle of a different lab leak scandal and the exact same thing happened. Interviews and old documents had surfaced in which these scientists explained how they conducted an experiment by intentionally infecting humans in Kinshasa, Congo with viruses from chimpanzee tissue in 1959. Decades later, it was determined that HIV came from chimps, and their Congo test subjects' blood were the first ever to contain HIV antibodies. It caused a huge scandal. The scientists then reversed their story and said they actually used monkeys in the experiment, not chimps. None other than Dr. Fauci was put in charge of the investigation, and he went on the record saying that if the remaining samples showed they really had used chimps, it was an open and shut case that AIDS came from their lab. The New York Times article came out immediately after Dr. Warabi returned from braving a civil war in the Congo to get to that lab to retrieve the remaining samples in the basement. But to this day, Dr. Warabi refuses to hand them over for testing. Instead, it seems there was a smoke and mirrors switcheroo because the labs tested not the samples Dr. Warabi had just retrieved, but rather samples made in the U.S. from monkeys, samples which had never even been in the Congo. Instead of producing the samples, Dr. Warby produced this paper that purports to debunk the theory, but to prove it doesn't even acknowledge the actual theory, I'm offering a cash reward if you can find where it, or any other paper, explains the theory without blatantly misstating the key arguments. If you stay with me, in a few minutes, I will play an obscure interview on Australian radio with Dr. Warby. After being repeatedly nagged about the samples and every time dodging the question, you will hear for yourself, he let it slip that they did use chimps in the experiment. As Fauci said, oops. Okay, I know this sounds outrageous. Our trusted officials and virtually all mainstream scientists declare both lab leak theories debunked, but a fact bid theory is the inverse 
of a conspiracy theory, because the complex issue that cannot be definitively proven was instead distilled into an assertion that logically must be true or false. And if false, there must exist public documents online that would prove it false. And you can claim a reward for finding such a document. So it's worth watching this video because we bidders have essentially put up a guarantee that it's accurate. But remember that back then, like today, the lab leak theory was being championed not by tinfoil hat conspiracy theorists, but by highly respected scientists. Dr. Hamilton, widely recognized as one of the most significant in this field, advocated the AIDS lab leaks theory be studied. And he led the expedition to the Congo with Dr. Warby to retrieve those samples. Shortly before Dr. Hamilton was to present the evidence to the world in September 2000, he was found dead. Watch Dr. Hamilton's last interview on CNN and see how it is eerily similar to Dr. Bloom's recent interview in Vanity Fair about the Wuhan lab leak. Is there a possibility here scientists simply don't want to know, don't want to accept perhaps at least the moral, if not the legal liability for what has been done for the AIDS virus? I feel that this is so, and uh, it's one of the most worrying aspects of the case. Uh, I feel it's not only uh, the origin of AIDS that is in question here, it is the conduct of science towards this hypothesis, which has been one of almost um, paranoid rejection, I would say. I think I would not exaggerate to describe it as medical science's worst hated hypothesis. and. There is, seems to be a great reluctance to publish anything about it or to test any of the available evidence that could be more directly tested. I built this platform to crowdsource the hard facts needed to prove one way or another if our leaders really are playing Russian roulette with the human race and if we've already been shot twice and as Dr. Hamilton suggested, all the deaths from all the centuries monsters combined, maybe less than from lab leaks. FactBit is a crowdsourcing solution and only works if we do it together. So let's make history and prove whether or not the government's health agencies actually kill more people than the military. The two lab leak theories are amazingly similar. They are both animal viruses and the debate is simply if it got into humans by a natural event or from the lab that was at the epicenter. For AIDS, there are no missing pieces since the scientists themselves explained exactly how their experiment might have caused the AIDS pandemic. For the coronavirus, however, there's a lot of blanks we need to fill in. At first, the scientists in Fauci's inner circle said privately the virus looked potentially engineered because of an unusual furin cleavage site not seen in nature. Some said the lab leak was the most likely explanation. Then they had a call with Fauci and afterward publicly said it was a natural virus after all. This congressional report suggests the clues may be in the Wuhan lab's public database of viruses. It mysteriously disappeared at the same time they suspect the virus may have escaped. Here's how we can uncover the truth together. So let's get the party started with FactBid 1.1 which crowdfunds a reward for whoever has a backup of the Wuhan virus database to produce it. We're not asking for someone to hand over government secrets. This is a public database 
funded by us and which belongs to us. So think of it like posting a reward offered for whoever returns a stolen phone to its rightful owner. A FactBid query is like a GoFundMe campaign to compensate that person for any losses suffered by doing the right thing. Morals are great, but we know they don't pay the mortgage. Whoever has a copy can post it anonymously and ask for payment in crypto. For the rest, you guys get upset if someone steals your yogurt at work, so please apply some of that righteous anger up my bid so we don't again lose millions of lives and tank the world's economy. It can be a verified bid like mine or anonymous. Then please pass around the link so hopefully whoever has the database hears about a reward. When someone claims it, we'll all get a notification to confirm the data is legit. And if so, each of us can pay the whistleblower directly. FactBid never touches the money. It's nonprofit with no business model. FactBid 1.2 is a theory, not a query, meaning I'm trying to prove something, not gather information. I believe we can definitively prove if the AIDS lab leak theory really has been debunked, as our leaders say. The scientific community generally agrees AIDS comes from the HIV virus, which originally came from monkeys, then infected chimps, and a variation found in chimps in the Congo River Basin infected man, with the first confirmed HIV-positive blood samples coming from Kinshasa, Congo in 1959. Nobody has proven how the chimp virus got into humans, although most scientists believe a hunter got some chimp blood in a wound. However, it's not disputed scientists actually injected fresh chimp blood directly into humans as part of a malaria experiment. Personally, I believe we dodged a bullet with the malaria experiment and it did not cause the AIDS pandemic simply because scientists debated the theory rationally with an open mind. They acknowledged that injecting chimp blood into humans could have caused the AIDS pandemic and the malaria experiment theory was evaluated on its merits. The reason I believe the AIDS lab leak theory version 2 in this book and film must be onto something is because of the absurd manner in which the scientific community responded, in particular Drs. Fauci and Warby. He doesn't deny the accusations that he is withholding the hard evidence that would prove or disprove the theory. He refuses to comment on the fact that his fellow scientists got caught red-handed planting fake evidence to debunk the theory, and in my opinion, Dr. Warby's paper, which purports to debunk the theory, actually is the strongest proof of the theory. See, it's reported Dr. Fauci wants to suppress rumors that pandemics have come from government-funded experiments and labs, and that Dr. Warby may be his fixer, the supposedly neutral scientist evaluating the lab leak theories on their merits and debunking them. In the case of AIDS, I believe this FactBid 1.2 will let us prove whether or not they actually debunked the theory. See, numerous published scientific papers claim to have studied the theory and refuted it. But in these papers, including Dr. Warby's, it's obvious they blatantly and absurdly misstate the theory. Their misstated version is called a straw man. Then their paper simply debunks their own made-up version, not the real theory. Dr. Hamilton warned the scientific community was doing this. So the 
Every single scientific paper resorted to a straw man argument is something that can be demonstrated with FactBid 1.2 because it is a crowdfunded reward for the first person who can find just one published scientific paper which, instead of using a straw man, merely acknowledges what the three key arguments in the book really are. Number one, in recorded interviews, the scientists and staff in this lab clearly stated that in the late 1950s, they fed the people in the Congo a concoction of chimp kidneys with the intent of exposing them to the polio viruses they had been growing in the chimp's kidneys. The director, Dr. Kaprowski, admitted they had no way to filter out just the polio virus. So whatever... So that's pretty interesting there. Uh, pretty interesting there for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking back about like my life and stuff. Um, you know, being in Peru and having the malaria pills in me and having all of that weird, um, you know, the environment down there in Peru was, was, was not sanitary by any means. Um, and especially when we went to the zoo and a monkey was tossed on my shoulders. It makes me, it makes you wonder if there was scenarios, you know, where I was put into situations on purpose uh, to try to frame me for something. I, I hope that that doesn't all come down to that because if it's as simple as, as when I was in Peru and, and, and a monkey being thrown on my shoulder, um, that would be uh, that would be you know kind of the foundation of of uh, whatever may have have happened after to me. So you know I think back to uh, to my time down in Peru and it um, it was a it was a, it was a tough time for my, my wife and I and uh, since then it's, it has only been rough um, and it makes you wonder what you know, what, what else is really happening out here? Um, I'm seeing a lot of people, again, I don't know anything about this. I, I, I was given this by somebody that I, is a trusted person and I have to believe that it was given to me for a reason. So I'm going to play this through. Um, we got about, you know, I want to hear it out. The first part of, of, um, understanding the truth is to, analyze all the information, right? That's pure science. So let's, uh, let me take a look here. Oh, the video's not working. Hmm. Okay. So let me see what you guys out there. I need a, uh, let me know what, what, uh, if I should keep playing this or what I, I you know, it seems to me that, um, the, the foundation of, you know, of, of the AIDS theory with Fauci, and the rest, uh, a, a lot of the research we know that um, that uh, that uh, there were people working on um, depopulating Africa for a long time and black people in general for a long time. Um, and there have been numerous over and over and over times where um, our society, our country and all around the world, uh, they have done all they can they have done all they can to do what they, to, to, uh, to hide the truth about AIDS. And so, so far I, I see no reason to keep going with this. Um, 
clearly there's more to the story with regards to big pharma and AIDS and then how that plays into whatever's going on today, I think is important. Other viruses we're looking in the animals got transferred too. Point two, the book's author claims the physical records from the lab, including logbooks, show they used chimps collected over a wide area consisting of multiple species and subspecies, including the PTT subspecies believed to be the origin of AIDS. And point three, the book claims the first laboratory confirmed HIV positive blood samples came from the same city and same time where and when the experiment was conducted, and they contained the same variant that existed in those PTT chimps. See, the theory is so simple and obvious, I don't see how it can be an accident when a scientist misstates it. Note here how the book explains they use chimps from all over the Congo. But look here, Dr. Warby misstates the theory to say it is that only local chimps from the vicinity of the lab were used. Then his paper goes on to explain that he found one chimp poop sample near the lab from a different PTS subspecies of chimp, which had a different variant of chimp HIV. Supposedly that debunks the theory, but it's obvious that if Dr. Warby correctly stated the theory, then his paper would support it, not refute it. So he had to resort to misstating the theory and then refute his own made up version. That's why I say Dr. Warby's paper proves the theory better than the book. His colleagues' papers are no different. For example, the scientific community claims it's an unresolved mystery why all the HIV variants appeared all at once in Kinshasa in 1959. If this paper had acknowledged the real AIDS lab leak theory is that a variety of chimps and thus variants were simultaneously transferred in the experiment in 1959, the paper would have to conclude the mystery was solved, since that's exactly what the theory would predict. In fact, this would really refute the wounded hunter theory since chimp hunting had been going on for centuries, so it's hard to explain why there had never been a single HIV infection all that time, and suddenly, the same year the experiment was conducted, multiple variants appear. And not in the jungle where the chimp hunters live, but in the city where the experiment was conducted. So, just like with Dr. Warby's paper, the authors resort to misstating the theory to assert it is accepted there must be just one common ancestor, meaning just one chimp and one variant were transferred. So they conclude the variants must have been evolving in humans over decades and the theory is debunked. This straw man argument is why mainstream scientists say HIV must have crossed over in Kinshasa in the 1920s, when the reality is not one of the blood samples drawn before the experiment in 1959 contained HIV. If you think I'm exaggerating, the bar is very low, because I'm not trying to prove the theory but rather I have isolated a simple assertion that is demonstrably black and white, true or false. That is, I assert a paper does not exist which acknowledges the theory without misstating one of those three key points. We've taken out any subjective criteria because the winning scientific paper can be pure junk. 
It can simply dismiss the recordings as deep fakes, the documents as forged, and claim the facts are wrong. It can claim Martians landed in 1959 and infected the people of Kinshasa. It doesn't matter why the paper dismisses the theory. The author just has to well, not be so afraid of the theory that he's willing to state what it actually is. Now, if nobody can find a paper that does not misstate the theory, well, that may not prove the theory is correct, but we will have proved all the papers use straw man arguments. And therefore, can't we agree the real theory in the book and film has not, in fact, been refuted? Please, up my bid so it becomes a real treasure hunt. Then even the high-paid scientists who wrote the papers can't just say, oh, this silly fact-bid nonsense is beneath me and not worth my time. And whenever someone insists the theory has been debunked, there's no need to debate it. Just say, great, you're going to be rich. Just take a few minutes to post the link and claim the reward. I mean, we bidders are putting our money where our mouth is, so the lab leak deniers also need to put up or shut up. Next, we're going to crowdfund a reward for Dr. Warabi to answer our questions, especially why he refuses to hand over the hard physical evidence that would prove or disprove the AIDS lab leak theory. Okay, for some background, in 1992, it was mistakenly thought that AIDS came directly from monkeys. So this article in the Rolling Stone claimed that HIV was first found in humans in the same city and year as Kaprowski's experiment to infect the people with what the author thought was viruses grown in monkeys. That's the AIDS lab leak theory version one. Dr. Kaprowski's scientists confirmed the appearance of HIV did coincide with their experiment, but their defense version one pointed out that only the seed stock made in the US was grown in monkey kidneys and possibly was contaminated with an unidentified cell-killing monkey virus. True, a lab worker had become infected with monkey HIV. However, according to interviews with the scientists, the actual Congo vaccine, and yes, that was Kaprowski's term, the Congo vaccine used in the experiment was made locally using chimpanzees. Therefore, it was a low probability that whatever monkey HIV had been in the original seed stock would have survived the subsequent passages to make the Congo vaccine. Besides, even if they had inadvertently infected the people with monkey HIV, David Carr of Manchester, England had gotten infected prior to the experiment and died of AIDS. Fine, case closed. A few years later, the case was reopened when a whistleblower revealed David Carr was not HIV positive after all. Some of the world's top scientists and investigators had switched David Carr's 30-year-old preserved remains with samples from a fresh cadaver, which made it appear that HIV had existed in humans prior to the experiment. Scientists also learned monkeys were not the direct source of HIV. Monkeys had first infected chimps, and the subspecies of chimp found to be the source of the AIDS pandemic was just a few hundred miles from the lab and was among the chimps used. Thus, this book came out with the AIDS lab leak theory version two, which was essentially the scientists' defense version one. 
In response, the scientists flip-flopped, and their defense version two was to say the theory version one was right after all, and they had infected the people in the Congo with viruses from monkeys, not chimps. Dr. Ninan was the tissue culture expert at the Congo lab, trained to grow viruses in primate kidneys. Listen to his voice as he first, in version one, explained the process. It was the virus was cultivated on kidney cells, chimpanzee kidney cells. Because uh, the kidney cell and the chin kidney cell multiply, uh, multiply easily. And it was a good substrate for the polio virus. Now, several years later, in version two, he signed a declaration stating he never used chimps. As far as I can tell, he never addressed the recording you just heard, nor the video recordings of his colleagues also confirming they used chimps. They never claim the recordings are fake, they just pretend they don't exist. In fact, all the laboratory staff signed declarations that they never used chimps. And Dr. Kaprowski himself, who previously said it was unlikely any monkey HIV in the seed stock would have existed in the, quote, Congo vaccine, now denied there even was a Congo vaccine. And he said they only fed the people in the Congo the original monkey seed stock. So you never used chimpanzees to... Oh, never in my life. Remember, back in the 1990s, Dr. Fauci admitted it would be an open and shut case if chimps were used. So the people who believe the AIDS lab leak theory are not crazy conspiracy theorists. Rather, they just believe the scientists were telling the truth in their first version of events when they admitted they intentionally transferred viruses from chimps to humans in 1959. Those who deny the lab leak theory they simply believe the scientists revised second version of events, which they made after they were accused of causing one of the worst pandemics in human history. That's why the theory rests on one thing. Did they make the experimental vaccine in the basement of the Congo lab using chimps? Doctors Hamilton and Warby actually braved a civil war to get back to the Congo and get to the lab where the remaining samples were stored in the basement. That's the only place on the planet with hard evidence to prove or disprove the theory. Dr. Warby has been called on to hand over the samples to an independent team of investigators, and he's never denied he has them. For months, I've been watching all of Dr. Warby's old interviews, trying to find where he was ever asked the million dollar question of what he found in the basement of that lab. Perhaps the interviews are pre-screened because it seems this topic is off limits. That's why we have to reward him for giving us a no holds barred interview. But I did find one time that he was caught off guard on Australian radio in 2009. Let's listen. He went with Michael Warby, who was trying to nail the story about AIDS, about the myth that it was spread by polio vaccine being tested in the 1950s. During the Civil War, so it was a really unusual place to be working. First of all, just getting there was really tough. We had to go to Uganda and then basically find a cargo plane that was flying probably diamond dealers into Kisangani and get ourselves physically there. And then from that point, it was a matter of negotiating with the local military leaders who owned the town at that time. And in some ways that was 
harder than normal. In some ways, it was probably easier than normal because once we had the okay from the head honchos, then we could go about our business. Let's put our lives on the, on the line. Now, for a few minutes, the interviewer keeps asking what he found in the samples, clearly referring to the polio vaccine samples from the lab basement, and Dr. Warabi keeps changing the subject and talking about chimp poop samples until the interviewer asks for the third time. We'll come to that, but did you find any of the original polio sample that was used? Uh, no, my work was really to find chimp samples from wild populations of the animals that had been sampled back in the 50s. And so I wasn't looking for anything clinical or, or anything to do with polio directly. What? The title of his paper is Contaminated Polio Vaccine Theory Refuted. And he put his life on the line to enter a war zone to get to the one place with remaining polio vaccine samples. Yet, Dr. Warby claims he wasn't interested in what they contained since he got to the lab with the only hard evidence to prove or disprove the origin of the virus that killed 40 million people. I cannot believe he didn't even look at the evidence because he only cared about collecting chimp poop. The poop doesn't settle shit. What did he do with the samples from the lab basement? That's why we need to crowdfund a reward to get the straight shit, especially about the bombshell he drops next. See, remember, these studies Dr. Warby cites are based on accepting the scientist defense version too, that chimps were never used. So you never used chimpanzees to... Oh, never in my life. So listen to what Dr. Warby said next. No, we actually didn't use chimp samples in a way that could have led to cross-species transmission. Oh, what a tangled web. Scientists claim the theory is debunked because chimps were never used. Only the U.S. seed stock from monkeys was used. And tests prove the seed stock did not have the virus that caused AIDS. But now that Dr. Warby lets slip that they did use chimp samples after all, as in their defense version one, just, quote, not in a way that could have caused the AIDS pandemic, Regardless, with Dr. Warby's bombshell that yes, chimps were used, we now know the 16 declarations and Dr. Kaprowski's testimony in defense version two are wrong. Mm. Chimps were used. And remember, Dr. Fauci himself said that would make the lab leak theory an open and shut case. That also means everywhere you read that the theory is debunked because the remaining samples were tested, it's all another David Carr switcheroo cover-up, since what we need is the test results of the remaining samples from the Congo lab basement made from chimps, which samples Dr. Warby has and refuses to hand over. Given that the whole point of the experiment was to get the viruses from those chimps into the people of Kinshasa in 1959, we need him to explain why the experiment did not result in infecting the people as intended. What does he mean? The chimps were used, but not in a way that could result in infection? Is he saying none of the viruses in the chimps got transferred to humans? Not even the polio virus? Wasn't that the whole point? Or is he saying they had a way to filter out the non-polio viruses? If so, how? 
I'm no scientist, but it makes no sense because they agreed that all the live polio vaccines were made with primate kidneys, and they all contained innumerable viruses lurking, which had infected millions of people already. And any of those viruses carried the risk of causing a pandemic. Here's how a senior scientist at the NIH described it. We should have stopped using monkey kidney tissues, I think, for virus production in 1960. And we've continued to do so. The drug companies are the ones who really determine this. They have developed facilities, they develop processes that would cost them a lot of money if they had to do it a different way. Can Dr. Warby explain why scientists are unwilling to look at this theory with an open mind? Dr. Hamilton suggested that Big Pharma didn't want people to know the risk they were taking in pursuit of profit lest they be sued and forced to invest in more expensive manufacturing processes to reduce the risk. It seems Big Pharma pays NIH employees directly, personally, around $350 million in royalty payments, and an undisclosed chunk of that goes directly to Fauci personally. We also know Fauci personally approves a big chunk of the $35 billion his agency gives out to researchers, like Dr. Warabi. So it seems there's an inherent conflict of interest here that nobody wants to talk about. Please, up the bid, and let's collaborate on questions for Dr. Warby and pick who will do the interview. Scientists with nothing to hide gladly debate their research in public forums for free. If Dr. Warby refuses despite a sizable reward, well, we have our answer. Fact bid 1.4 is for a whistleblower to come forward with evidence about the Congo samples that supposedly Dr. Warby retrieved. This should motivate Dr. Warby to come forward and accept FactBid 1.3, because if a whistleblower publishes this first, 1.3 may become unnecessary and rescinded. 1.5 is for evidence about what happened to Dr. Bill Hamilton. He was widely recognized as one of the greatest in this field, but despite his credentials, the mainstream scientific community refused to publish his papers advocating the AIDS lab leak theory. So this censoring of scientists who don't stick to the government's narrative is not something new. And we do not know what Dr. Hamilton intended to present to the Royal Society after returning from the Congo lab with Dr. Warabi. Rumors swirled since officially he died of malaria from the trip, but an inquest determined that was not the case and it was some sort of a pill. So, this is a reward for whoever has access to Dr. Hamilton's final communications to learn what he intended to reveal to the world at the Royal Society Conference. This is so highly relevant today with the controversy over free speech and censoring scientists like Drs. Hamilton and Bloom when they try to present findings that contradict the government's official narrative. If Dr. Hamilton had been allowed to speak freely 20 years ago about the risks of these experiments, Perhaps we would have avoided this current pandemic. Maybe FactBid will help expose this and prevent another pandemic in the future. 1.6 is for a whistleblower to publish evidence that reveals who was orchestrating the David Carr switcheroo, because 
Either the world's top scientists and investigators really couldn't tell the difference between a freezer with 30-year-old remains and a fresh cadaver, or they were caught red-handed in a cover-up. Fact bid 1.7 is for evidence that Fauci or a senior government official pressured scientists to discount the Wuhan lab leak theory. And 1.8 is the same for the AIDS lab leak theory. Fact bid 1.9 is for someone at YouTube or Facebook or Twitter to reveal why they banned their users from even talking about the Wuhan lab leak. Their platforms will allow us to discuss if the British royal family are space lizards or claim a particularly shiny rock will cure your acne. On Twitter, a scientist can post his junk, but it's junk science if he mentions a lab leak. The mildly sensual topic of a furin cleavage site is X-rated, but actual cleavage is A-okay? Come on, Silicon Valley can't really be that anti-science. So looking back, how did we not realize the lab leak theory was onto something big simply because we were not allowed to talk about it? I wonder, what revolutionary advances we are losing out on because renegade scientists with non-mainstream breakthrough ideas like Darwin, Einstein, Galileo, today they'd be silenced and deplatformed. Factbid 1.10 is the same, but for evidence to explain why Nature and Science Journal banned advocating the AIDS lab leak theory 20 years ago. 1.11 is for evidence that Fauci is attaching strings to the billions he doles out to these scientists to keep them in line. Perhaps he who controls the funding also controls the truth? This Vanity Fair piece suggests that might be the case. Dr. Bloom was the rebel scientist advocating for an open-minded review of the Wuhan lab leak theory in the same way Dr. Hamilton was for the AIDS lab leak theory. And Bloom and Hamilton both encountered the same wall. Bloom told Vanity Fair that when he said he was going to publish a scientific article favorable to the lab leak theory, those around Fauci threatened to alter it without his permission. He describes how he was traumatized by the assault on his work. And Dr. Hamilton complained he faced the same wall. If this is happening, then scientists and scientific organizations have effectively just become political pawns. And science may be a political tool, which makes it all the more prophetic that Fauci declared himself the science. Fact bids can be used to divine all sorts of truth, from the profound to the playful, even reveal what the Colonel's seven herbs and spices really are. Create your own fact bids. If this works and I don't end up on the side of a milk carton, I've got several more topics I'll be creating fact bids for relating to politics, economics, and of course, COVID treatments and vaccines. Having had a bad reaction myself, I'd like some good answers. Sign up for the newsletter to be informed of all new fact bids. All software geeks are invited to help with the platform and Wikimedia or similar are welcome to take over fact bid. I'd love to see someone run with this and turn it into a tool to expose the facts that are so important for our future. This is a passion project, not a profit one. We need an unbiased scientific way to reveal real facts and identify misinformation and conspiracy theories that doesn't involve just censoring all radical ideas that run contrary to the mainstream narrative. The truth is out there. Let's not deplatform it. So there you go. That is... Uh... 
that is how you um, live your life, you know? And <laughs> what, what, would, <laughs> what would you do, <clears throat> you know? That's the question that, that um, is the hardest of everything. So who, know, who knows how all this happened? <laughs> A series of events were put into motion, and that's all the world knows. So, you know, we, we go from here, and we'll get this figured out. And the future will be bright. That I, that I do believe. So, what do you guys think out there? Tell me what you think out there in your in, your, in chat. Uh, drop what you think, uh, what you thought about that. Interesting. Fauci funding mislabeled in the budget as medical research when it should have been a bioweapon research. Why wouldn't the New England Medical Journal be? I have been all over this since the 80s. Fauci killed my brother. Very interesting. This is a way to fight back. I like it, Abe. Very interesting. The good thing is... <laughs> hmm. Working on that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, all the data is out there. That's for sure. And the level of evil is uh, <laughs> on clear display as well. All right, everybody got that link? All the people involved in the last 40 years to the same group of people. Good stuff, Abe. We need uh, inside facts like that. Chris whispered links. Okay. They operate through blackmail, man, and they will find a way. You know? The level of manipulation in our world. They'll find a way to blackmail us and that's that's that is what it is man <laughs> at this point uh things are bigger things at stake arrest and imprison the cabal who are pressuring and disappearing the truth telling scientists then we can have an honest discussion until then the real scientists put their lives on the line
Fauci needs to stand before a firing squad along with others. Uh, <sighs> the blackmail and threats to reputation and family, thick web. Uh, T-Rex, thank you for that comment. BlackRock? <laughs> oh, man. Boy, do I hope there's some prizes coming for, for these people. Boy, do I hope. So you want to hear another, another uh, tough truth? On this topic. On April 29th, 2016, my son was taken to Rockford Memorial Hospital for a cryogenic analysis. Specimen type was peripheral blood. Metaphases counted 40, multiple congenital anomalies, learning difficulty. Metaphases analyzed seven. Banding level 500, karyotypes 2, model number 47, result ISCN 47,XYY. The referring physician was G. Hoganson, M.D., the, f- the final report date was received on 5-6-2016. My heart just about dropped when I saw this. A session number ARB 16-030. Gender male, MRN number 820478. Collection date 428-2016. Received the time 429-2016 at 0800. <clears throat> Final report date 5-17-2016. Peripheral blood. Ordering physician G. Hoganson, MD. Primary physician genetic counselor S. Stillwell. Diagnosis multiple congenital anomalies and learning difficulty. The crito scanned microarray results 2.7 million. I'm just going to read the result. ARR semicolon or uh, hashtag um, bracket ARR bracket HG 19 bracket capital Y P 11 dot 31 lowercase Q 11 dot 23 in parentheses two six five zero oh one oh four zero two six five zero one four zero dash two eight comma seven nine nine comma nine three seven parentheses times two chromosome y band p11.31 q11.23 size in kbp 26150 type gain gene count 102 interpretation pathogenic Forty-seven XYY is Kleinfelter syndrome. 
Trisomy X 47XXX and 47XYY. A guide for families and individuals affected by X and Y chromosome variations. Um, the interpretation. Abnormal male microarray analysis. Game an extra copy of the entire Y chromosome was detected, consistent with previous G-banded chromosome analysis. 47XYY, B16-022, I love you, Jorma. The phenotype of males with an extra Y chromosome is generally mild with increased stature as the most common physical feature. This is an increased risk of learning disabilities, delayed development, and behavioral and emotional difficulties. No other, clini no other clinically significant copy number variants or regions of homozygotsy were detected. The results should be interpreted in the context of the individual's clinical features. Genetic counseling is recommended. Signed, Vanessa Horner, PhD, FACMG, Consulting Director of Cryogenics, MRHS, signed by V. Horner. Medical Director, C.M. Vitali, M.D. The array contains 2.7 million probes covering both coding and non-coding sequences with content sourced from the US UCSG HD19 human genome, NCBI build 37, February of 2012. Spatial resolution is approximately one kilobyte between probes. Patient DNA copy number was evaluated with a reference dipole control and CNV involving more than 20 probes with 90% confidence level were scored from all regions of the genome, including the genomic backbone, periocentral metric, uh, the subteletype regions, and 
areas of known clinical significance, including microduplication and deletion syndromes. And so, yeah, they had a reported and um, you think I had some problems when I learned this? That was tough to get through. Yeah, you think I had some problems when I learned about 47XYY syndrome? Yes, because there's no way my son turned out genetically deformed without something fucking happening. And, um... Yes, I had a lot of problems <clears throat> after I learned this. <sighs> but I'm better now. <laughs> I'm finally better now. I mean, I got that going for me, but <laughs> when you got to learn all these things about your life, man, you got to face them. Live with you guys. This is a lot of fun. Let me tell you how much fucking fun this is. Sometimes mistakenly thought to be a variation of Kleinfelter syndrome. 47XYY is a distinct condition that only rarely involves the hypogondism and infertility that KS produces. The condition is occasionally called Jacob's syndrome, but that term is not in wide use. It is believed to occur in one in a thousand male births and causes a few detectable physical signs in either newborns or in older children and adults beyond tall stature. The extra Y chromosome is also contributed by the father and can occur either during Spermatogenesis, when the chromosomes in the dividing cells fail to separate properly or can occur after fertilization, the risk of XYY does not increase with the advancing paternal age. Mosaic XYY can occur with the most common mosaicism being 46XY slash 47XYY dot XYY. Boys and men can be completely symptom-free but they can also have significant language impairment and developmental and emotional difficulties. So there's that. And, um, you know, now that my father is dead from Vietnam and, uh, you know, what really fucking happened here, man? You know, 
Thank you. I love my wife and I love my family deeply. But, um, you know, <laughs> when you have to go through all of this, it's tough. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Thank you for the prayers, 71 and holding. Seven XYY syndrome is associated with the risk of learning disabilities. <laughs> Nuremberg 2.0, come on. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, th see, the thing is, is I have my I have my world that I live in, right? You know what I'm saying? I. <laughs> Same as all you. I don't fucking know what the hell's going on with my life. So I'm sure you guys have a lot of different perspectives on it than I do, but I don't, you know, those of us with special needs kids now, like I said, you just take it year by year or you will go crazy. Yes. I'm trying.
can present with any or none of these symptoms. The king faced about and blessed all of the assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his hand has fulfilled what he promised with his mouth to David my father, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel out of Egypt, I choose no city in all the tribes of Israel to which to build a house that my name might be there, but I choose David to be over my people, Israel. Now it was in the heart of David, my father, to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. All right, guys, I'll try to be here with you through it all, and um, I know you'll be here to help me through it, too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But lead us not into temptation and deliver us from evil. For thine kingdom and the glory and the power is all yours, Lord. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. See you guys back here tomorrow for another edition of Uncensored Abe.
Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world and who make a real and lasting difference.